Now, mental issues, partly what we're talking about today. Mental issues are actually quite sensitive. You have to be real careful these days about saying anything funny about mental issues. So I've got one very, very small, humorous statement to make. I told the doctor I did not want brain surgery, but he changed my mind. That's it. The truth is, and some of you may not realize it, especially if you're new to us, you don't know, that I've had an insecure mind before talking about it psychologically. Uh, We went, my wife and my kids went to Swaziland back in 1995, and at the time, Swaziland was going through an epidemic of malaria. Fifty deaths had already occurred, and they were expecting that number to rise. So since malaria was on the rise and there were so many mosquitoes in the area, we were going to be in a gospel meeting there. We needed to take something. We took a drug called mefloquine. My family was unaffected. I had a psychotic event. Uh, The worst part was the first 90 days, and then it was the next two years, and then it was roughly the next eight years before I was actually back. Yes, that includes time that I was here. I did not come back until 2006. Y'all hired me in 1996. So for the first 10 years I was here, I was not me. Some people wonder why I've changed. Because I actually changed back into me. Wikipedia... Uh, talks about mefloquine, which is a uh, fancy name, is larium. You, it's used to prevent or treat malaria. Typically, it started before your exposure and continued for several weeks afterwards. Uh, serious side effects include potential long-term mental health problems, neurological side effects, and in 2013, the U.S. FDA warned, put this on the box, if you get some now, Neurological side effects can occur at any time during drug use and can last for months to years after the drug is stopped or it can be permanent. Neurological effects include dizziness, loss of balance, seizures, and tinnitus. Psychiatric effects include nightmares, visual hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, anxiety, depression, unusual behavior, and suicidal ideations. I had all the above. All the above. I woke up one day, and it's the strangest thing. I wasn't there. It's sad to lose you. I know none of that makes sense to you. You think, what are you talking about? I wasn't there. But even though that happened, God healed me, and I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. So I understand the idea of an insecure mind from a different perspective than maybe many of you do. You see, a secure mind is strong. You're probably stronger than you think you are. But a secure mind is strong enough to test itself. If you can't test it, you're not that secure. You can't ask questions, you're not that secure. 
2 Corinthians 13 says, test yourselves. It's appropriate to do that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 says, test all things. So test the people around you. Not a bad idea either. 1 John 4, verse 1, we're to test the spirits because every spirit's not from God. So your spirit, your thoughts, your attitude, your mind needs to be tested. The best way to test it is by comparison. Don't really have another way, really. So attain to a secure mind. To attain to it, we need to define it. And to define what a secure mind is, one of the best ways to do it is to define its opposite. So today we're going to basically define its opposite. The secure mind versus the undisciplined mind. If you have a secure mind, you have a disciplined mind. If you don't, you have an undisciplined mind. So God's peace is seen in his presence versus an undisciplined godlessness. Listen to what he says again that was read a moment ago, part of it. First one, therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown. We're in Philippians chapter four, the last chapter. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. So you need to be close to the Lord. I implore Euodia and I implore Synecdoche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Notice the emphasis. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labor with me in the gospel. With Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. All this talk about what's in. See, here's the thing. If you want to have a secure mind, you aren't going to have it really for certain outside of God at least when it comes to spiritual matters. God's peace is also seen in his prayer versus an undisciplined ingratitude. Listen to verse 4. He read it well, but let me read just spot read a couple of places. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. That means give him thanks. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That means he's always available Always listening. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, how do you keep from worrying about things? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, tell God all you want with thanksgiving. Be grateful. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You'll be at peace and people won't understand why. But that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Some live lives of ingratitude. They complain about everything. If you want to have a secure mind, you've got to stop that. Quit complaining about everything and be grateful. And God's peace is seen in his purity. If you really want to have a secure mind, you have to keep your mind pure. That's versed against an undisciplined negativity that people can wallow in negativity. Verse 8 says, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthiness, meditate or think on these things. Keep your mind on good things, pure things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. So not just your mind, but your actions. 
and the God of peace. Again, the God of peace. You notice the emphasis on this peace. See, there are people who just live negative. They turn everything into a negative. We can't be like that. You want to have a secure mind, spiritually speaking, stop being negative about everything that comes your way. To attain this, we define it by comparison. And we define the comparison as a secure mind versus an undisciplined mind. You have to control it. You cannot let it do what it wants. And in controlling it, you must be controlled about godliness. That's self-control. You must control it about being grateful. That's self-control. You must control it about being someone who's not negative about everything. That's called self-control. So that's the secure mind. The second truth I want you to see is the secure mind versus the unsatisfied mind. He discusses this. God's power is seen in this text in serendipity, that is, in happy events and recognizing them, versus this unsatisfying sarcasm. Some people think that it's cute to be sarcastic and hateful about everything. And all it ends up being is creating an unsatisfaction within you. Philippians 4 verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. See, you can get so negative and namby-pamby ugly that you find nothing good in what other people do. It would have been easy to just say, well, finally you did something for me. But he didn't say it that way. He said, you lacked opportunity. And I'm grateful that you did something. That's a different attitude. See, this sarcasm is unsatisfying. And it's not good for your mind. God's power is seen, and believe me, I know these things. <laughs> I've been on the wrong side of this. Listen to me. God's power is seen in situations versus unsatisfying sufficiency. It's not about me being strong and sufficient to handle my problems. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it is a critical one if you want to have a secure mind. Verse 11 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. This does not come easy. This is not easy. This is not something you buy off the shelf. I have learned in whatever state, whatever situation I am to be content. Well, you, you haven't been in my situation. No, but I don't have to learn your situation. I have to learn mine. And I have to learn to be content in my situation. You've got to figure yours out. Verse 12. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I know it's hard. Situations can be very hard. But if you recognize that we're all in God's hands, you can learn to be content in whatever situation you are in. And that will make your mind so much stronger. You'll be much more secure spiritually. God's power is also seen in strengthening versus this unsatisfying skepticism that some people fall into. Where they end up poking holes in everything that anybody believes about anything. Verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not a skeptic, not sitting around saying nothing can be done. You can't make any difference about anything. But rather 
receiving strength in the Lord. So if you really want to attain a secure mind, which is what he's driving home in this chapter, which you probably don't think you need, we define it by comparison. The secure mind versus the unsatisfied mind. Finally, the secure mind versus the unfruitful mind. God's provision is seen in sharing versus unfruitful selfishness. He says in verse 14, Paul says, And and you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now that you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Sharing. You want to save your mind? Share. Because if you're about you, and the tough times hit, your mind won't make it. God's provision is seen in sacrificing versus unfruitful stashing away and hoarding up for yourself. I'd rather end with nothing and have helped somebody than to end with all of the junk that we seem to be after and just help me. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Verse 18, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Referencing even back what Brother West said earlier, sacrificial giving makes you fruitful, and it makes your mind Stable. God's provision is seen in supplying versus this unfruitful solitude about being about me. Verse 19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Class. Verse 21. Now listen where he shifts. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. What's that have to do with it? Everything. The brethren who are with me greet you. Verse 22. All the saints greet you. But especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Supplying giving. What other people need. That includes a handshake and a hug. Supplying that strengthens your mind and their mind. We all need to be loved. We all need to be helped. We all need a hug. We all need each other. You want to be secure? Staying away from church is not the way. You want to keep your mind secure. You say, well, nothing will ever happen to my mind. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. You think you can't be broken? I was broken. I wasn't hurt. I was broken. The greatest little lady I know in the world is Deborah Claire Sheesby Dutton, who put up with this. 
and you have no idea. You have no idea what she put up with. So don't tell me you can't be broken. Don't tell me you don't need a secure mind. Don't tell me you don't need church. Don't tell me you don't need help, support, strengthening to attain it. We define it by comparison. The secure mind versus the unfruitful mind. Here's the thing. It's the opposite of an undisciplined mind. It's the opposite of an unsatisfied mind. And it's the opposite of an unfruitful mind. So what does that mean? The secure mind is disciplined. It is satisfied. And it is fruitful. Say it with me. Disciplined. Satisfied. Fruitful. Say it again. Disciplined. Satisfied. Fruitful. That's how you'll have a secure mind. Now too many Christians I think are spiritually insecure. They live a life of doom and gloom and no joy. They come to church and they're no happier for it because they're really not listening. They're not engaged. They make no effort to have the secure mind. They expect it just to happen. It doesn't happen that way. They don't medicate. You say, you're for medicating? I, there's, there's quite a few people in this building is, are medicated right now, and I thank the Lord. That's not a joke. You don't want to be around them if they're not medicated. Amen. They need to be medicated. I am grateful that they're medicated, and some of you need to be medicated. That's not a joke. If you've got a problem, then don't be afraid of it. But even if it's not medication, let me suggest to you effort. Making effort to have a secure mind. The things I've talked about this morning, for those of you who won't take the medicine, you should listen very closely to what I said. But a lot of people, what they want to do is blame the world. Just blame the world. It's everybody's fault but mine. They're the ones that have a bad attitude. They're the ones that are mental. It's easier just to say other people are crazy instead of just facing the truth that I've got some issues that I should deal with. Some people hold their offenses so close, you'd think that it happened yesterday and it happened 30 years ago. At some point, you've got to let it go. Amen? And and let me say something about that point right now. We all need a secure mind. And you know what? I know when somebody has a secure mind is when they can laugh at what went wrong. Amen. You need to learn to laugh at what went wrong. At some point, you just got to say, that's just funny. That's just funny. Carol Burnett. I got my sense of humor from my mother. I'd tell her my tragedies. She'd make me laugh. She said, comedy is tragedy plus time. Bob Hope said, laughter is our most precious commodity. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. I don't know how you say Tyrone's first name. I don't know if it's Charlie, Charliz. I I don't know. I'm not a big fan, but I read this story. I love this story. I don't know. She may be a a good person, a bad person. I don't know. Some of you are out there making funny faces right now. So what you might not know is at 15, she was a farm girl in South Africa. 
and her mother killed her abusive dad in self-defense right in front of her. What does that do to a person? So she moved to Manhattan to pursue dance. She wanted to be a dancer. Then her, both of her knees blew out. That was done. At 19, she moved to L.A. to become an actress. The problem was she had no money. She ended up living in a dive. And she subsisted on stale rolls she was stealing from restaurants. She begged her mom for cash to stave off the starvation. So her mom sent her a $500 check. She was so hungry, she went into a Hollywood bank to get it cashed. An out-of-town check for $500. A way-out-of-town check for $500. You see if you can get that done. And she said, you don't understand. Please, I'm hungry. That didn't work. Banks don't think like that. So she didn't get it cash. But she was not done. She freaked out. She started screaming, fell on the floor, flailing about on the floor, throwing a temper tantrum in front of all the lunchtime crowd. And everybody's watching this like, what is going on? It was her biggest and best audience as an actress that she had ever had. The silver lining is... She was being watched by a talent manager, John Crosby, who was waiting to use the ATM in the bank. He was captivated by this high-strung young woman. And he went up to her afterwards and says, well, if you're interested, I'll represent you. Tyrone later told Oprah, y'all know Oprah? You ever heard of her? If I hadn't been in the bank that day. And remember, this is like the worst day of her life. Father dead, knees blown out, starving to death. If I hadn't been in the bank, and remember, they didn't cash the check. If I hadn't been in the bank that day, I honestly don't think I'd be here right now. She became an actress, made a little money doing it. Here's what I'm trying to get to you. It's funny how tragedy works out. Have you noticed? Without hurting... Having a no summer session term in 1975, I never would have married Deb Dutton. I'd have never met her. That was a horrible thing for her. She was a foreign student. No, not the marriage thing. That's the best thing ever happened to her. (laughs) Believe me. But no... She never would have left Harding had they had summer turns. And I'd never met her. It's funny how tragedy works out. My father lay dying, and we thought it was the worst thing that ever happened. He had three major heart attacks within about a year and a half. Had he not had those three major heart attacks, I wouldn't be here right now. That was the changing of our family. He had to nearly die for him to change. Praise God for heart attacks. And it's funny how tragedy works out. Without me losing my mind, I would not have left South Africa in 1996. I would not be here right now. So I praise God for the worst moments of my entire life. 
Because it is the tragedy. See, I think in heaven one day, we're going to be in heaven. And you're sitting there, some of you going, I can't believe you're preaching that. Listen to me. I'm going to get worse. In heaven, one of these days, we're going to all be in heaven. I believe we'll all be there. Amen. So we're all going to be in heaven. When we all get to heaven, you know that? We sing that thing. Some of us actually believe it. So when we all get to heaven, one of these days, we're going to get in a room kind of like this. Say, Bill Show's crowd over here. That'd be cool, won't it? You know, the ones before Creekside. We get over in the corner and we're going to say, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me was X, Y, and Z. And what we're going to discover is our tragedies were the greatest blessings of our entire life. Takes a secure mind to get there. So attain some spiritual security. Be disciplined. Be satisfied and be fruitful. Start today. Best way to begin is with just simple little baby steps. Some of you need to get there because you've never obeyed the gospel. Little baby steps. Believe, repent, confess, baptize, live for the Lord. Simple, five little simple baby steps. We'll be glad to help you do that. Some of you need to take a bigger step, though, to a secure mind. Disciplined satisfied, fruitful. Whatever you need, let it be known. We'll try to help you while we stand, while we sing.